Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's double feature is of Robert Englund movies from 1998. Strangeland and Urban Legend. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. So how was your weeks? Doing all right? This is fine. I'll let you, I just want to let you know I left the final battle of Guardians of the Galaxy just to come down and record this. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't have you shouldn't have started that movie at such an inopportune time. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, FX started it, and I stumbled upon it. Oh yeah, but that's going to be a TV edit. No bueno. I know. Yeah, just keep watching movies with commercials and then complaining because you don't have time to finish them. Just watch the stupid movie without commercials. You must have access to it. Oh, of course I do. But... Then it would then it would be over. But it's it's kind of fun to stumble upon something you don't know is currently airing. I wouldn't know. I haven't had cable since 2009. You guys get out to see Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi! We're not at that part of the show yet. <laughs> well, I'm wondering, so that at Listen. the end of the show, well, I know if we're going to have a spoiler discussion or not, or if Doug is still hiding in his house being all Canadian. I, I'm still Canadian. <laughs> I knew it! Living in fear, not going to the movie theater. Not spreading yeah. a deadly virus. Stuff stuff like that, yeah. Also just busy. I was going to say, although I've I have seen been... your pictures, you are not busy. You're going hiking in parks. That's not <laughs> busy. Yeah. I was I was going to say, although I have been going to the theater, I have been doing my best to like my reserve seating. I get the very back row and I wear my mask. So I'm like, ain't nobody breathing on me. <laughs> I'll breathe on everyone else. It doesn't matter. I tried to. Uh, uh, we reserved our seats because we went to the IMAX screening, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, okay, good. I mean, there's a couple people sitting in front of us, but they're both like quietly sitting there eating their popcorn quietly. Shouldn't be any problems. Then there's nobody sitting directly next to us. It's like halfway down the row before anybody else. It's like, good, good. Then about three minutes into the movie, of course, two people enter, sit right across the aisle from us, and then talk the entire time. I'm just like, there's nothing I can fucking do to get away from this. Who? Ever. So. Who are these fucking people? Because I, it's, 
I I try to be one of those people that's like, you should enjoy a thing that you like your way. But who the fuck are these people that walk into a movie after it started and then like leave the second it looks like it's over? Uh, let me correct you. Not only walked in three minutes into the movie, walked in with the flashlight on their phone on so they could see to walk up the stairs. Oh, for fuck's sake. Find their seats. And then, like, you know, after the credits start, turn the flashlight back on and then flip it over directly into my eyes for some reason so they could see how to get up. And I was like, good Lord, it's not that fucking dark in here. The... The last time I had to deal with that was whenever I went to see Get Out. Mm. And it was this pair of women sitting next to me and, and they talked through the whole movie and constantly had their flashlight on and all this kind of stuff. But so they were African-American ladies <laughs> and it was Get Out. And I was like, you know what? Mm. I I would normally complain, but I feel like in this particular situation, <laughs> it seemed to be painted into a bit of a corner. Here. Yeah, yeah, I'm painted into a bit of because they're being extremely rude. But <laughs> yeah, now we're doing his best not to get canceled. Uh, that's probably a good choice. But besides that, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since I had somebody just flagrantly like being a dick in the theater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People talking. I'm just like, God damn it. Especially in IMAX. They must be A-list members because nobody buys an IMAX ticket to then go and just be annoying during the movie. I <laughs> I still don't understand why people go to the theater if they're not there to watch the movie. Like, if that's not what you're here for, why did you spend your money? Well, I, well so they, were, I, they were talking about the movie, but it was just annoying as shit. I, I understand one argument, and, and that is, so like those, the ladies I was talking about, I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about it, and the, the, uh, the concept and the idea of a movie-going experience has, like, a cultural difference. Mm -hmm. for for certain people in that sort of being loud and talking, you know, the oh no and that kind of shit is kind of just the way they see is the way to do it. And so I kind of, I get that. But fuck, fuck it ruins the shit out of a movie. <laughs> like, well, like I, I understand that if you're in a certain movie, like, you know what I mean? Like you go see a, a slasher or something and people are all uppity and screaming at the screen and you know i i totally understand that i don't understand it in a movie like get out that's such a like slow burn and everything right mm. or like a midnight movie i get a midnight movie is it's yeah. kind of traditional to heckle the movie and shit but i don't know <laughs> five o'clock on labor day monday probably not the time to uh start uh talking during the movie right well, and I can't hate him because the uh-uh, you shot LL uh, moment <laughs> is one of the greatest moments of my entire life. 
You do tell that story a lot. It oh really my makes god, you it's so it's so fantastic. <laughs> I've just never I've never seen anything like it with a person like standing up and sassing a screen like that motherfucker is gonna hear her, you know? <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is, is somewhere laying in her bed. Uh, trying to keep her bowels regular by <laughs> chugging a gallon of Activa, and she feels a disturbance in the force as this lady yells at the screen. <laughs> hey, you guys know what was also a, a bad movie-going experience? The what? entire 90s. Oh, yeah. Are we going to talk about that now? <laughs> we, we're going to disagree on that point, but... Okay. Not fucking 90s. I mean, this week's movies are helping Noah's case, in my opinion. Well, uh, I don't agree with that on that opinion either, but sure. All right, well, why don't you give us a plot description of one of the two movies, and then we'll uh, move forward and argue about it. Yeah, Noah, tell us about uh, Strangeland. Uh, Strangeland is about uh, a dude who's mentally ill and super full of himself and uh, also into piercings and body alteration and shit like that. And he abducts a bunch of people and tortures them by piercing them and doing various stuff. And uh, although not on screen, they like to tell us over and over again that he raped these girls. So then he gets arrested and pleads out he goes to a mental asylum, gets treated for three years. They get him on medication that appears to work. He's released out into the general public. And then in a cruel twist of fate, Robert England uh, does parental justice against him for no reason. <laughs> Continuing the cycle uh, in which he just immediately goes back to being that guy that's, despite that's, the fact that he hasn't stopped taking his medication and stuff previously that's how it works with the medication you miss one dose and you just go full crazy that's just yeah. how that is yeah yeah and then the uh the cop whose daughter he's now got twice which is <laughs> jesus <laughs> fuck <laughs> and she's velma she's velma it seems like she could have seen it coming god damn it's taken again and uh, and I don't know who the fuck is the is, who am I supposed to root for in this movie? Because the cops a piece of shit, too. Yeah, like, no, he's yeah. yeah, he's no bueno. And the bad guy is super bad. So I, I don't And the cop isn't an antihero. Yeah. The daughter doesn't get like a redemption arc. She just gets to be a victim twice in the same fucking movie. Yeah. And in pretty much this entire this yeah. film. If if it wasn't for the fact that there was a little bit of actual violence in it and that D. Schneider's in it, you would think that this was an after school movie made by like the Mothers Association trying to scare their kids away from anything that isn't <laughs> normie Christian activities. And chat rooms. There's a lot of like fucking weird. Oh my chat god. Room you guys remember so like, you guys remember oh when god. people didn't know what a chat room was and stuff? And then you remember the fact that like they became a thing and then immediately unbecame a thing? <laughs> we regressed. We we proceeded to chat rooms and then we were like, you no, know, you know what? Forums were filled with Nazis, but they were still better. <laughs> 
Do you want a chat room that you could just go look at anytime and everything that's been posted there will be there? Yeah, we'll just do that on a forum instead of a chat room. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I don't, because I don't understand, I don't understand this movie. I don't understand the messaging of the movie. And oh, the weird oh, there's, thing, no, there's no messaging, just so we're clear. Well, and I remember when this movie came out and I kind of liked it, but at that time I was super into metal and all that kind of alt alt shit yeah, and I maybe know. i was blinded by it i mean the soundtrack's pretty good i suppose there there's a redeeming quality it's got a good soundtrack <laughs> mostly it's d schneider music but it it is decent um and you're right it is kind of the only decent thing about this movie like it's one of these movies where you're like it feels like they had like a couple of ideas bouncing around a room and they're like well we should do a movie with like the internet because it's 1998 and we should the internet is a thing now and we'll teach kids not to go online and then because they'll be scared of it now and then they're like what if we just had like a really fucked up killer guy like yeah make him like have tattoos and piercings and shit and then that's that's it that's kind of the end of the thought process and then like almost on the day they're like oh we better come up with some ideas of how to make this into a story and they really didn't like you keep the whole saying thing, the word they but you realize D. Snyder wrote this, right? Okay. All right. All right. They, they, I'm be, just saying, I'm sure, I'm, you, like, should, you should change you would, say he. You would well, think that that would there is elevate my involved. opinion of this movie, but instead it lowers my opinion of D. Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a director involved, and it's not like he's an amateur. He, sure. made, he made two full movies this one and a made for TV movie. So, fair enough. <laughs> like, it's. Everything about this movie is unacceptable. Like the acting is atrocious. You can definitely tell that D. Snyder wrote it, like because he gives himself all these like monologues and shit, and he makes himself into this character that he clearly thinks is badass. But yeah. um, like by sheer coincidence, I spent some time watching Twisted Sister videos this weekend because <laughs> um, my five-year-old asked if he could watch them, and I'm like, I, I guess. <laughs> and uh, so we're like. I'm watching him going like, yeah, but this is the guy who thought that was cool. And now he's trying to do like weird badass stuff. And it's kind of the same thing where it's like a cartoonish version of like a badass killer guy instead of an actual good one. Do you just know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's weird because they go out of their way to try to give you the impression that, oh, well, he's crazy, but he's intelligent. And it's like, no, quoting books doesn't make you smart. <laughs> like, oh. That's yeah. and he doesn't do anything in the movie that suggests he's above average intelligence, other than the fact that he literally watches them switch their profile, and then it's supposed to be this big fake out that he gave them the wrong address, and it's like no, we saw on screen that he watched them change their profile to match his. <laughs> he was just lucky. He happened to be looking at it. Yeah, I. Uh... I feel like he thought he was giving himself all these meaningful mo monologues that's just going to make him seem like so like good and important. And they'd be like, yeah, but what he's saying makes sense. And there was absolutely none of that at all. No, yeah, it was just it was just an ego boost for D. Snyder, who really, really needs an ego boost. I mean, that's like that's a guy that just thank goodness somebody's finally doing something to make him feel better about himself. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's I was going to say it's funny because I could see like an alternate reality version of this film that works 
where this isn't a horror film and instead it's more like a uh, cult drama about some kind of weird charismatic cult leader luring people into doing all this body modification and painful ritualistic shit. That's an interesting movie. This is just some weird rapist guy who they intentionally make look as different as possible then use that as shorthand to make him evil and then attempt to admonish you for following their own shorthand of assuming he's yeah. evil because he's different. Yeah, you're right. It's it's this weird thing where it's like they make him different and then it's you're you're supposed to disconnect that from the fact that he's like a rapist. And it's like but it's not. You guys did that on purpose. It's just so cheesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the whole then, thing, like it, it, with him going to jail in the middle and like doing the three-year time jump and all that, none of that works at all. It's just no. so annoying. It's just no, like what... they make it. They make it seem like he has fully been rehabilitated. Yeah. And then everybody fucks that up, and he's like, "Well, they just picked on me because I was different." And I'm like, "Well, all the shit you did was really fucked up." Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying. You, I'm not saying Robert England was right. Stuff. Because he obviously wasn't, but Jesus, maybe move to a different town. Well, and then once again, and everything's so ham-fisted, so they need to hammer home the fact that Robert England and his vigilante justice is wrong, which I I think we all know that, <laughs> like going, going into I don't it. know. After 10 minutes of your daughter not being home, you just assume that somebody took her and was... Raping right. and <laughs> yeah. torturing. Well, listen, well, no teenage girl has ever been late before, okay, Brian? I was going to well, say she, was, she wasn't even late. Well, and then to add to it, after all that, they show him in the bedroom watching daughter porn. Mm-hmm. Just, just to hammer, be like, he's a bad guy. And it's like, yeah, we know. He just fucking lynched a guy. We fucking, yeah. I get it. <laughs> Some would argue that's worse than watching porn. Right. I get it. His porn choice is gross. Like, fuck. We don't. What's the need? What this movie really needed was a reason to, like, get behind Hero Cop. But Hero Cop ain't Hero Cop. Hero Cop's kind of just a piece of shit who happens to actually be doing his job. Suppose, And for all we know, only doing it because it's specifically his daughter that's been taken twice. <laughs> that's not Liam, how Liam Neeson would have handled it. That's right. He would have had a set of skills. <laughs> yeah. This movie wasn't good. Um, yeah. I didn't see it in the 90s, so... I don't know. Maybe I would have felt different about it, but I mean, just watching like when it opens and the girls are in a chat room, I'm just like, no, this is a horrible idea. And I'm like, well, of course they're going to get murdered and raped. So, I mean, that's just, that's how how the internet worked in 1998. But it's so weird too, because like, it's literally like, we'll actually have this in the next movie as well, where it's just like, you hop on, you're like, hey, how's it going? Not bad, having a party tonight. All right, I'll come to your stranger, your house stranger. And it's like, that's not, even in the 90s, that's not how kids use the internet. There was, you know what I mean? Like, you'd have to trick them into coming to your house, you know? Not just use a cheesy screen name and hope like heck that they're very, very, um, 
easily confused. I was getting ready to say, and that was not an accurate 90s chat room because it didn't just have five million dudes going ASL, ASL, ASL. <laughs> uh, I also loved how the dad cop came in, sat down and bumped like the keyboard with his elbow and was just like, what is this contraption of some sort? I work at a police station, hey, but I would never use a computer. Is this what they call a computer? <laughs> just looks at the keyboard like it's some mystical being, and they're just like, "What the, what the hell is this?" There was there was a lot of that in this movie where they're like, "Let's all stop and explain the concept of a computer to the audience, just for the sake of it." It's like. Um, and because because of that, this entire movie is just watching people chat with people on on AOL. It's like, way too much. It's like way too much of that. Compelling. The best thing is that it does kind of capture what was wrong with chat rooms, though, because it is like the thing where you're you're having a conversation with one person, but then there's other conversations going on between them, and you're like, that's yeah, that's why chat rooms are stupid. <laughs> 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 that's exactly right like it's uh, yeah and I've heard D. Snyder is still trying to get a sequel of this off, off the ground really just, what the fuck would yeah. the sequel be they'd put him yeah, back in the hospital know. and then after three years he'd get out again but then a different group of people would lynch him and you'd repeat the story that was one of the most frustrating things about this movie is like I was not enjoying it and then he gets arrested and they do the whole like not guilty by reason of insanity thing. I'm like, oh, maybe they're going to do something interesting with the second half of the movie. And then it's almost a repeat of the first half, except with a more violent ending. It just like, very much is. And I'm just like, well, I, I didn't like it the first time. Why are you doing it again? Maybe the script he wrote was only like 45 minutes long. And they're like, well, they just photocopied it and then wrote yeah. three pages to go in between the two halves. Yeah. Yeah. And then I try. So it's like, I, I know this movie's got enough shit in it that we don't need to nitpick random weird shit. No, but, but, I'm gonna, uh, but I'm going to nitpick some random weird shit. Like the scene where he kills Robert England's wife and he's like puppeting her body, making her dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't work. It doesn't make any fucking sense. No, it doesn't. Like D. D. Schneider's like what? Fucking 6'3"? <laughs> he's a big <laughs> fucking dude. And... Her, she's like tilting her arms all the way in and stuff. There's no way to do that. There's no physical <laughs> way to manipulate a body without reaching around. Fuck. I did, Fuck. I, did, I didn't catch that, but I'm not rewatching the movie to see if you're right. I mean, really. So it's this terrible. this movie really only has a few good things in. I think the scenes where they discover the torture palaces, both of them, all right. I agree with that. That's. Mm-hmm. The, the small, like, where, like, the extreme violence is happening is actually done okay. It's, it's like that. The problem is that that's, like, your centerpiece of the movie, but everything around it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with Doug, because once they start talking about the trial, you think it could go somewhere way more interesting than it does. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that they make it very clear at the beginning he doesn't actually murder it. That, that one girl died of a heart attack, albeit from being tortured, still considered murder. But I'm saying if we were doing a, a well-written movie, that could be an argument in court to get somebody off. Sure. Well, and, and 
putting aside the court stuff, it's an interesting thing that he's kidnapping these people and putting them through these like this torture because he thinks it's something important. Like he thinks he's accomplishing something. That's an interesting character trait. Right. The problem is it's shitty saw. Yeah. But they don't, they don't explore that. Instead, they just repeat it and they don't even hire a different actress when they repeat it. It's, (laughs) <laughs> I will give it a little bit of credit that I feel like it was ahead of its time, but it wasn't ahead of its time for me, but it kind of predicted like this torture porn genre. Maybe it wasn't as tortury or as porny as, as those were, but it seemed like it was definitely something that was leading in that direction. But yeah. I didn't really like all that shit anyway, so it still didn't work for me, but well, yeah, because in the, in the hands kind of ahead of, of the it. curve on that whole thing. Yeah, in the hands of like like if this movie had come out five years later, when you know things were happening, um, and you hired a better writer and a better director and better actors, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you could have a reasonably good torture porn film on your hands if that's the kind of thing you want to watch, right? Yeah. Like we. We refer to it as shitty saw. Well, in the hands of if you had took it and gave it to better writers and a better director, maybe you'd get saw instead of <laughs> shitty saw. Get, right? You get mediocre saw. Yeah. shitty saw. Which I think we should refer to it as mediocre saw too, because the first saw was actually pretty good and like more of a suspense movie, and then it yeah. just became all, all about the traps. Come part two. But I think that's what I'm saying is that this could have been Saw if you had the police trying to track down this guy who's using these chat rooms to get these girls to his house and he's torturing them because he's got some weird idea in his head of what he's trying to teach them. Like there's an interesting idea there. It's just not done well. So you could even get as far as being pretty good Saw if you really tried. (laughs) I was going to say, it would even be an interesting movie. So so it would be problematic, especially today, because this sounds like uh, rape apologetics or something like that. But that's not the direction I'm trying to go with it. <laughs> but if it were to be like Saw in that, the victims then insist that they really did have some kind of spiritual awakening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which it's an interesting idea. Now, it doesn't work in the context of this movie because of the rape. You you have to take the yeah. rape out. You do have to take the rape out, I think. And I mean, te- technically, everything he's doing, right? Because he's basically violating your body without your consent. But arguably, all violence is that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're using rape in the more traditional sense when we say to take it out. Yes. <sighs> I don't know. It's just, it's not, this is not a very good movie. That branch, when they fucking, uh, here's another complaint, that fucking branch, when they hang him, and you can see where it's detached. I mean, it's the fakest ass fake branch (laughs) I've ever seen in my entire life. You can see it. There's like a perfect circle where it's shaking. Is he singing? And you're like, huh, I wonder if that's going to break. Yeah, right, so I didn't watch the movie close enough to notice that. I didn't either, but I'm not surprised. I was kind of looking at my phone through a lot of it, so. It actually I mean, had I mean, my undivided attention for once. Uh, 
You, this is the movie you picked. Yeah, it was unfortunate. <laughs> I I did get a little bit lucky because I watched this on Labor Day towards the end of the day, so I was pretty intoxicated when I watched it. Nice. <laughs> and I legitimately went back and read the plot description because I'm like, I must have missed something. They didn't just do the same thing twice with the courtroom scene in the middle, did they? And then I'm reading the plot description going, no, I remember everything that happened. <laughs> it's just as bad as I think it is. Yep. Same thing twice. Was this, was this the first time watched for you, Doug? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. This was that was kind of the whole point of putting it on the list. I, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's trying to take credit for these ones being on the list. I admit to putting them there. Um, oh, I knew you did. And it was, was like, was gonna... I, I, I've kind of always wanted to see this, and I don't know why I always wanted to see it. Well, I guess because I didn't know how bad it was until after I watched it. Yeah, I saw yeah, it when it came know. out. I remember like the box art with the close-up of the person's mouth all sewn shut and i remember thinking that was cool and i still kind of think that looks cool it's just not in the movie it's not yeah no not not a recommend no no there's just yeah actually maybe watch half the movie and then you're good (laughs) you've seen you've seen the whole movie if you've seen half the movie the worst part of that, though, is the second half is probably the half you'd want to watch. So Yeah, watch the second half. Just yeah. fast forward your VHS copy of this until you see him coming out of jail and then hit play. I guess you could like do it when they discover his torture dungeon and have that be like the prologue. Oh, yeah. <sighs> well, this, that's a, another way they could have fixed this movie is start with him getting arrested, right? Mm-hmm. And then do the courtroom stuff. And then if you elongated that second half of the movie to where, like, you show a guy that legitimately got rehabilitated because he got the medical treatment he needed and everything. And then instead of having it just be haphazard the way it is, like, actually show that they drive him back into this, it becomes a very different movie. But it could be interesting that way. Well, yeah, technically, that would be psycho. You could still still do a decent movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. All right. No one no has <laughs> anything more to say about this fucking movie. No, no, he's terrible. not even giving us the opportunity. He's not saying like, yeah, if you, uh, if you have nothing else to say, we'll move on. It's just, no, we're done. <laughs> we're we're done. done. We are done here. I don't know. Who, if, if you had, to, if somebody put a gun to your head and said, you have to recommend this movie. Who would you recommend this movie to? Uh, people that listen to music that is only like screaming. Like I don't, I don't. Okay. Don't really Scre- enjoy that. Screamo kids. Yeah, it's a good answer. Maybe people who are both blind and deaf. <laughs> so this movie would have no impact on their life. <laughs> so, uh, both solid choices. Now, I say Screamo Kids, but I did hear on the soundtrack some Kid Rock and what I th- might have been. Maybe they would have hated it, too, just for being mainstream garbage. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I it, don't was, know. It, was, it was the 90s. So not, not only was uh, most of the movie shitty, but most of the music was shitty as well. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like I said, this this is all right. The yeah. music. The whole like the acting in this movie, I still I know I already bitched about it, but I gotta do it again. It's just 
It was so wooden. Everybody was just kind of saying their lines like they were giving them 20 minutes before they shot. There's no excuse for that whatsoever. D. D Schneider was ripped. Yeah, he was in good I'll, shape. I'll, I'll that, give him that much. <laughs> it does bum me out because I do like D. Snyder. I think D. Snyder's a good person from all the stuff you hear about him. You know, I'm not super into Twisted Sister, but I mean, they're fine. Um, it's just all the stories I hear about him sounds good. I just don't know how he moved me and was like, ah, this is the best. And I'm just like, no, this is terrible. Yeah, no, it's 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 inexcusably bad. It's a vanity project that's poorly made, which is I don't know how you get vain about that. Mm. Gross. Well, the other thing we teamed it up with was Urban Legend. The big connection being Robert England. Robert England's in um, both, yeah. And they came out in the same year. Yeah. This was me trying uh, to plan a Robert England month and failing, is what this was. Oh. Well, now we should, we should do a Robert England month and make it much better. My idea originally was to do like 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s Robert England. Mm-hmm. Like for four weeks. And then our policy would be to never mention Freddy Krueger and just pretend like we didn't know that he was in those movies. But... One of those one of those things absolutely needs to be the episode of Workaholics that he guest stars in because it's fucking piss your pants funny. All right. He's basically only in the movie for about five minutes as a hallucination. And it's, right. it's really good. All right. But speaking of urban legend, uh, put, we would have had to put Jack. Up. Nobody's seen Jack Brooks Monster Slayer. You should totally rent it or watch it. Oh yeah, that was. His, it would have been uh, Jack Brooks and uh, behind the mask would have been the sort of for his renaissance period where he had his like second career of being awesome in movies in the two thousands. <laughs> yeah, we can. Make- uh, so Urban Legend was sort of a response to Scream which the sort documentary of. I just watched on it uh, totally completely uh, admits that it was. Oh, oh, they acknowledge that? They did try to cover that up? Oh, no. They're I like, mean, yeah. I mean, literally every fucking movie in the 90s was a slasher that was basically just a pastiche of Scream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once again, oh, yeah. I fucking hate the 90s. <laughs> yeah, see, I love Scream, so I didn't have a problem with that. And I feel like this is one of the better Scream ripoffs. So sounds like you two are not going to agree with me, but that's fine. No, I'll uh, agree with you that it's one of the better ones. <laughs> <laughs> it just ends there. Uh, so a bunch of college students uh, are taking a class on urban legends. Uh, of course, people start seriously dumb in a like using urban legends as their means of death. So of course they start trying to figure out, well, who, who is it that's killing all all these people that we know? And and of course it turns out it's one of them. And, uh, yeah. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. I don't know. I still like this movie. I will admit some of it's just a nostalgic. 
<laughs> that time in the 90s thing, but that's fine. Starring a whole bunch of young dudes who went on to expand and uplift their careers and several women who went on to destroy their careers. <laughs> Daniel Harris and Alicia Witt had good careers after this. Rebecca Gayhart, not so much. I was going to say, didn't she kill someone on accident? Wasn't that she, the whole thing? She killed someone in a car accident, but she left the scene, so it was a hit and run. Yeah. Yeah, so she had a bigger problem after that. And Tara Reid did a whole bunch of drugs and oh. was in Sharknado. <laughs> yeah. That's the, tra- that's the transition of events, yep. Oh, my God. And like I was telling you guys, I've watched, like, because Scream Factory, of course, put out a new collector's edition Blu-ray. And they had the guy that directed the movie actually put together a documentary, a behind-the-scenes making-of documentary that's like an hour and a half long. Um, probably could have been about 45 minutes, but what are you going to do? I don't think we need to talk with the writer and the original producer about how they sat down and workshopped this idea and then pitched it to 10 different studios and nobody wanted it. Like, we could have just been like, hey, we had this this story and then we were this guy said he would make it and so then we started I don't think we need the 45 minute lineup of how you even hired a director for it um, but Tara Reed's in it and she's just she's still a mess she seems like she was drunk their entire interview session so I mean and, and maybe she wasn't maybe she's just pickled herself so that that's just how she is now, which is fine, but oof. It was sad to see. I mean, that was kind of her thing for a long time, is she'd be drunk during all of her interviews. It's kind of what <laughs> killed her career. Yeah. But then sometimes people get another chance, and like, I mean, I don't like them, but the Sharknado stuff, she was in a lot of those movies. Yeah. It seems like, seems like she could have took that ball and ran with it, but she yeah. she somehow transitioned from being that hot girl in all the movies to being that skank in real life. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, there was a time that you would be you'd be watching some kind of uh, pop culture thing, and they'd be at an award ceremony, and you'd see her walking toward him and be like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> it's it's <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Jerry Reed. What fucking train wreck is this going to be? <laughs> hey, guys. All right. Maybe we should get back to discussing the film a little closer. Um, well, I obviously really enjoy it. So what, what do you two have? What do you two think about this movie? Brad Dourif is great. Brad Dourif is great. Yeah. Really This is actually... This was actually the movie that made me realize he was the voice of Chucky. Oh, really? I didn't really know that beforehand. I guess I never really, I didn't really know who he was before this movie. And the only thing I really paid attention to was in the original uh, making of on the original DVD that came out for this. There is some behind the scenes shot when they're shooting the gas station stuff at the beginning where they're between setups and he just, randomly breaks out into the weird voodoo chant that Chucky does. <laughs> <laughs> Kamala. 
And someone's Whoa. like, yep, oh, there he is doing Chucky again. And I was like, oh, shit, that's the guy that does Chucky? And then I started to realize who he was after that. Do you guys, do you guys remember at this point in time that uh, Michael Rosenbaum basically just played douchebags? That was like his entire his career. Thing before he was Lex Luthor. And before he was Lex Luthor, and now he's that lovable guy that we all just kind of... <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about the dark period. <laughs> I don't think he hates that period. He's on the he's on the documentary too. He seems like he had a he had a lot of love for, for just being kind of a douche at that point in his life. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I mean, he was he was getting work and getting roles. He uh, he apparently is a huge horror nerd, which yeah. I was not aware of. And he pointed out during his his uh, audition, that he basically wove in. Um, it's the way they. It's the way the guy says it in Return of the Living Dead. When uh, he's telling him the story about how what happened, and and then he's like, and then they brought the bodies here. Just that weird kind <laughs> of whisper that he does. And so he did that during his audition, and the director's like. Oh, you totally did that for from Return of the Living Dead. And he's like, you fucking knew it. And they became like best friends after that. Nice. That's fun. Yeah, so I don't I just don't know where the fuck to start with this movie. So the kills are all right, I guess. Okay. The story itself's fucking stupid. And <laughs> in, in the worst thing is in the movie, they're even calling attention to the fact that it's fucking stupid, which is weird. But but that's that fucking uh, self-aware horror that was all the 90s. Like I said, the 90s just the 90s fucking sucked. <laughs> I don't care what Brian well, says. That's fucking terrible. So but like I think that this movie in particular, like it definitely its biggest problem is that it has that weird 90s sheen to it. Where it's just like, so they like they we need a goth girl in the movie because why not? That's that's cool, right? So then it's like they went to a costume shop and got a goth costume. It's not like what a real guy she doesn't really look or act like an actual goth girl. Do you know what I mean? And it's 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 that weird thing that encompasses the entire movie. That opening, the opening, um scene is really good brad duraf is really good there's mm -hmm. people for people who haven't seen it it's the girls driving she pulls into pulls in brad duraf is the creepy guy at the gas station and he's trying to warn her that somebody's in the back seat but she and the audience both think he's the creep because he's brad duraf and as she drives away then she gets killed um it's like really well done uh, the actress is good brad duraf is good it's all rainy and shit it works pretty well and then the person pops up in the back. It's like a legitimate cool moment. But then you see the axe swing and then you see the axe come out like through the window on the side of the car covered mm -hmm. in blood. And you're like, but that that's that axe didn't go through somebody and come out that window because it's like the handle of the axe coming out and stuff. And you're like, but if you're swinging it at somebody, it just it just doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah, the handle would have smacked them in the face. <laughs> yeah, like you wouldn't have cut off their head if that's how you swung the axe. It just doesn't make any sense. And it's that kind of shit where they're like, oh, just get the neat looking shot of the axe coming through the window. That's all that matters. It's not about whether it actually is logical. 
And it's it's like that with everything. I mean, for fuck's sakes, the Jared Leto character is supposed to be like the reporter for the school paper. And they fucking have him like walking around like in suits and shit like he's a real reporter. I'm like, he's a college kid. Nobody fucking dressed like I was in college in 1998. Nobody fucking wore a suit to class like they just didn't. But it's just him wearing a suit. Well, he wears like the suit jacket with the the button up shirt all the time. He doesn't actually wear a tie. I remember him wearing an army jacket with a button up shirt. Yeah, he has both. Because they're they're both because the army jacket, the army jacket is for the scenes where he's supposed to be the rebellious guy who causes trouble, and the suit jacket is for the scenes where he's trying to be a serious reporter. And it's like, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's just cheesy costuming. It's and all that's it's all like that. The whole movie. There's like there's the scene where the Josh Jackson character fakes like his own death doing the pop rocks thing in class. And it's that weird 90s thing where it's like way overdone, like as if they're trying to fool the audience into thinking that mixing Pop Rocks with soda actually kills you. But it's supposed to be him doing a gag on his classmates. We're not supposed to believe it as an audience. It's they don't know the difference or they don't care about the difference because it's the 90s. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all that stuff. It's when they need the, the one girl when she needs to be up at the front of the class getting in trouble. She like she speaks out in class and her like she makes that joke about um, is it like because they're talking about the babysitters and the cultural implications of the babysitter story about getting the call from inside the house. And it's like and she's like, oh, I think the cultural suggestion is that you shouldn't babysit. It's like that's not a good joke. That's just something that somebody came up with like in five minutes because they well, we need an excuse to get her to the front of the room. Just write whatever. And that's what's frustrating about this movie, because good actors um i i don't hate the story i don't think it's great but it's fine you know it some okay kills so if you just if you just tried a little harder you could have made this into quite a good movie and that's what's frustrating about watching it yeah none of that stuff bothered me uh, i just i have issues with I've, and I, we've, we've had this conversation before with 90s movies is it is this weird glean of just like cleanliness and everything is just I don't know. It doesn't feel quite right. Like those don't feel like college kids. They don't talk or act like college kids, right? Yeah. And and they're all 35. Yeah. There's also some like really weird well, things. Joshua Jackson was like 19 at the time. Was he? Oh god. Looks old they for him. Poor bastard. <laughs> they make it a point that he was like the youngest one on the set, so that his I felt a little bit awkward with for him cuz he was the like he was the Dawson's Creek guy at the time. So they clearly like dyed his hair to make him like try to be a different character, but he's just so oh. recognizable that it's didn't work. It doesn't work. Oh, but he had the nineties eyebrows where like his, his hair was dyed bleach blonde, but his eyebrows were super dark brown. <laughs> it just looks fucking weird. It's so like, Hey Joshua, you want to dye your eyebrows? He's like, fuck no. I also find it. It's gotta be a problem with direction that, most of the people in this film are phoning in some uh, Tara Reed level acting. <laughs> One of whom is Tara Reed, who's maybe phoning it in better than she normally does. <laughs> but I mean, even a bunch of the actors that I like, I don't feel like we're doing a lot. Well, it's her. it's the style of the filmmaking of the time, right? Um, you know, it's, different eras have different styles of acting that become prominent. And that's what these guys were doing. 
was late 90s film acting. Yeah, I suppose. I was going to say, because Brad, Brad Dourif comes in hot and Robert England comes in pretty hot. Like, he, he doesn't have a very extensive role, but, I mean, he's he's actually acting and being used in a good way by this director, which, unfortunately, I feel like Robert England is not often mm-hmm. used because because the man can act. I mean, he can. Yeah. He can he, yeah. the, he can put in a very legitimate, convincing performance. And instead, they want him to come in and play these fucking caricatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was talking in the in the documentary about how the first thing he thought of was like an Ivy League professor. So he wanted to be like the stuffy professor that didn't put up with all these dumb kids bullshit and stuff. And I think he plays it super well. Nice. Yeah. Also, it's got the trope of there are murders going on. We don't believe you. But this student's been missing for five days. He's on a skiing trip in the <laughs> middle of the semester uh, without informing when, anyone. When uh, the Alicia Witt character goes to report Josh Jackson's death and she like they, she's like, yeah, they murdered him at this spot and they get there and there's not a body laying there. And they're like, oh, so you probably didn't see your friend murdered then. She's like, no, I totally saw my friend murdered. And they're like, did you have one beer tonight? Is that what happened? You had one beer. So then you're hallucinating (laughs) seeing your friend murdered. It's just so cheesy and corny. And I'm just like, come on. Like, like you have to write it up in a way where the killer is doing a better job covering up their murders. If you want us to believe that the authorities are going to be that naive. Another complaint about this movie. How is it that every fucking person in this movie owns the same coat? <laughs> I didn't think I mean, that. I mean, oh, the, every, every yeah. single fucking person, every single fucking person owns the murderer coat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was the 90s, so everyone was probably wearing identical pairs of jeans. But I don't believe the coat. Burlington okay. doesn't have that many of the same item. <laughs> It was, it was awkward how many people owned that coat. It was funny. One thing I read was that uh, originally the movie was supposed to be set in the wintertime. Okay, but, that would make uh, the coat make more sense. Because they do imply <laughs> that they wear that coat because of the rain. And I'm like, I don't think these people know how coats work. No. I was going to say, that's even one of those types of coats that soaks up that rain. Weighs a million pounds. <laughs> yeah, and they... Uh, they decided because it was when they were going to shoot was going to be too warm. So they didn't want to have to keep up with all the fake snow everywhere. So they're like, yeah, fuck it. doesn't take place in winter. They're like, but what about the killer's outfit? They're like, eh, it'll yeah. be fine. Exactly. 90s filmmaking. Meh. <laughs> Whatever. Luckily, That's... they all keep the coat around anyway, including the guy who's got a spare coat in his car in summer. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, Robert England had an axe in his closet, so. He uses that as a prop in his class. <laughs> We're all super defensive of Robert England. Right? It was a prop that he keeps in his secret office. The which secret office behind his office, which, as it turns out, is not suspicious in any way. What the fuck? <laughs> it's still suspicious. He's got a secret office. The, the red herrings are problematic in this movie. When they go out of their way to make it seem like the Jared Leto character is killing people by just 
having every other character in the movie gradually accuse him and start to believe that he did it. And you're just like, but he's it's clearly not right. This this movie did prove a point to me, though, that I have always not given a shit about Jared Leto. (laughs) (laughs) I thought maybe it was a recent thing. And I was like, did he used to be good? And I just started hating him after he was in a bunch of movies that I hate playing characters that I hate. Or did I always dislike him? And I watched this and I was like, okay, he was always dislikable. He must be really happy he's playing Morbius then. I am not. But <laughs> I'm still going to see it. One of my freaking favorite characters being played by Douche Joker. <laughs> uh, so one of the interesting things, uh, do either one of you speak Latin? No. A little bit. Uh, apparently, on the crest of the uh, college, there's you know the usual looking crest or whatever, and then it has a little ribbon on the front. And in Latin, it says "the best friend did it." Oh, right? is that right? That's <laughs> fun. That's pretty funny. You know, there was a bunch of uh, Latin majors that went into this room and went ruined. They just ruined the film, motherfuckers. It does lead us to the point of like another frustrating thing about this movie is that like it's this mystery of who did it, who did it, who did it. And like watching it now, I remembered who did it. So I was watching for the clues. There aren't any. Mm-hmm. No, like it's they said just they purposely didn't put it in because they didn't want to lead you to who it was. Yeah, but that's bad filmmaking, right? Yeah. <laughs> A good mystery. You should be able to figure it out. I but... mean, it... It was clearly going to be somebody. So the whole thing is at the beginning, you find out that she went to high school with this girl and then they bring up the academic probation for reckless endangerment. You're like, oh, she did something in high school. This is all just a revenge. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen enough horror movies to know this. Yeah, they just checked her permanent record. That was hilarious because he's got like the physical record in his hand. (laughs) I went and got your personal file. It's like there's just a room, like as if at colleges there's just a room full of filing cabinets with a little file folder for each student that shows if they've ever been disciplined while in high school. What's weird is that there used to kind of be that. So the last thing they shot for the dean was his death scene. Yeah, and so it was the scene where the car rolls over top of him. Mm-hmm. The dude was like 70 something. So he just had to lay on this concrete floor with these rubber spikes around him. And they had like a car that was jacked way up so that, you know, it didn't even come close to hitting him. But if they shot it from overhead, it would still, you know, whatever. And apparently they did so many takes, <laughs> this dude started to get pissed off. So when they were done, he stood up and he's like, you can all just fuck off. And he just left. <laughs> that's awesome like it. he seemed like and I, I can't I don't know who he is but he seemed like somebody who was like a classically trained actor who did not want to be doing this <laughs> he was I'm trying to remember what we would know him from now but I don't know continue on I'll see if I can yeah I so you want to hear work. my most nitpicky complaint about this whole movie mm-hmm. is like Towards the end, when they're at the big party, right before the climax happens, they just they have to have a bunch of like 
exposition type dialogue and some guy shows up and delivers all that type of exposition type dialogue. He's just a guy we've never seen before in the movie. He gets to interact with our main characters like throughout this party. You see him like three or four times and then he's just gone again. Like, why does that guy get to be interacting with our main characters at this point in the movie? It should be other main characters having this conversation, not just random guy at party. And I was getting really frustrated by it. I'm like, there he fucking is again. Why is he back? Why does he get to talk to Alicia Witt? That's not right. <laughs> We're too far into the movie for them to be introducing a new character. Very frustrated. He also was wearing a black suit with red tie and had those weird 90s sideburns that go way too far down. So... There's a lot of things to dislike about him. <laughs> um, so this guy was, he's a British actor, obviously. Mm-hmm. He was in, yeah, he was in some like Sherlock Holmes movies. That makes sense. Um, but he only played Sherlock once, but then, but then the other couple times he played somebody else. Uh, and then uh, he was in The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Oh, Terry well, Gillum film. Well, that that is a feather in his cap. He's in a bunch of other shit. I just don't. I don't know. He was also in Baby's Day Out. If anybody's excited to rewatch that, <laughs> and apparently he played waiter in Dangerous Minds. No, there you go. And was on. He was the well manicured man on X Files. Right, we can stop just reading his entire <laughs> well manicured. Nope. We're going to keep going. He was on eight episodes of X Files. I'm actually super into this just because all of his characters have those extremely vague, dumb names. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's dead. Now. Man with firm calves, four. So, you going to recommend this or is this a non recommend? I don't. If, if you like 90s movies, watch it. I'm sure you'll like it for some reason. <laughs> It's uh, weirdly my take is similar. I think it's it's fine for what it is, but it's just emblematic of a problematic film era. Like it's where everybody was just going, how do we just fucking make our own version of Scream? And it's like, well, we'll just you know, you copy the template, add in some self-referential humor that you think is funny. Oh, look, we're meta because Josh Jackson's character heard the song from his TV show that he's on and he didn't like it. Isn't that hilarious? No, no, it's not. But I see what you're doing, at least. I thought it was funny. And to be fair, that's probably because that joke's been done a million times now that maybe I maybe I preferred it in 1998. I just don't recall, but. Yeah, I I don't hate this movie. They did show some, uh, yeah. They did show some, uh, um, like, test screening. Like, they videotaped the audience while they had the first yeah. test screening. And, uh, yeah, that, the, the the Dawson's Creek song starting up. And uh, when they name-dropped that uh, Rebecca Gayhart is the Noxima girl at the end. Uh, hit really big in the uh, test screening, so. Oh, really? Of fucking yeah. course it did. <laughs> God damn it! I feel like I feel like test screenings that they invite the dumbest motherfuckers. <laughs> Noah's so mad about this movie. 
No, that's more anger at test screening stuff. Because <laughs> I've seen so many movies where they're like, well, they this is the original version and the test audience didn't like this ending or something. And you're like, it's better. It's way better. Why? <laughs> Who are these fucks that were like, it was sad. And that, <laughs> because it was sad, I am now sad and cannot enjoy this thing. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, what did everybody watch this week? Several things. Uh, Shang Chi, obviously. Mm-hmm. I never got an answer, Doug. Did you see Shang Chi? I did not. Oh. You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna bankrupt Disney, and we're gonna lose all of our comic book movies. <laughs> Considering I made seventy-one million dollars this weekend, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be alright. Uh, Spoiler-free review? Go see it. It's good. It's better than Black Widow. Black Widow was kind of disappointing. This wasn't disappointing. I'll uh, agree with that. Uh, I don't think I, I w- loved it as much as you did. I, I was uh, going to say, here's the problem. If you're a huge fan of the comic book character like I am, you may have grief because they changed everything. <laughs> But they did the same thing with Guardians, and that ended up working out all right. So yeah, see, since I have no emotional connection to the character whatsoever, like none of it, I didn't even know what they changed. So everything, it was fine. Like I enjoyed it for what it was. It's one of those that's for me is kind of lower tier, so I'll probably never watch it again. Along with like Captain Marvel and uh, Black Widow, but wasn't really. I'd recommend watching it. If anybody is interested, I, I honest to God think that with the exception of things like the the elevator fight scene and stuff like that, this had the best action sequences of any Marvel. Mm-hmm. They're just the choreography mm-hmm. and stuff was fucking amazing. Yeah, choreography was good. I don't know. I'm not in love with like kung fu movies either. So no. Yeah. I guess Maybe it's all right. It. It's because you're a racist. You don't like that's, the Asians. It's not because <laughs> tell, I'm a racist. Tell, tell the truth. <laughs> because I actually love Aquafina, and she was pretty fantastic in the movie. So she was. Although mm. I, I'm not super familiar with her. Man, that chick's got some crazy ass teeth. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, not like ugly teeth or anything, but like every time she smiles, you're like, whoa, teeth. <laughs> <laughs> It's so much. Uh, so much. You should watch. You should watch Nora from Queens. She's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, she's got extra. T- yeah, yeah, it's dope. So everybody should go watch that. Uh, and then I decided to do some cleanup. I was actually uh, out of work today. I did something to my neck yesterday. Not sure what, but I couldn't turn my head <laughs> this morning. So I was like, yeah, I guess I'm staying home. Uh, so I watched uh, Doctor Sleep finally. Oh yeah. Did you watch a three-hour director's cut? Uh, it was like 2.45. I think. Oh, so no. Uh, it was a long-ass movie. Uh, it was good. 
Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. And it was actually a pretty decent adaptation of the book. I mean, they changed a few things here and there to make it flow better. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah, the, you, big, you the biggest being the ending, of course. Right. Because, I don't know, spoiler, I guess, for people who read Stephen King books but haven't read Dr. Sleep for whatever reason. Um, since since in the original Shining, the hotel blows up at the end. At the end of Dr. Sleep, there is no hotel. They just go to the site where the hotel used to be. Yeah, and there's like a, just a pavilion or something weird like yeah. that. Something weird. So they obviously changed that for the movie. And uh, basically, I like it. And Doug's not there yet. So, Doug, you need to hurry up and watch Dr. Sleep. I know. On your, I know. On your Mike Flanagan watch. Um he uh, he basically he's like I had to have a conversation with, with Stephen King and I was just like look there's no uh, there's no way I can get around not doing it as a sequel to the movie and I know you hate the movie so I'm sorry but it's just like I have to but you know King King says he actually melded everything together really well and it actually helped him overcome his hatred for the original movie so I was gonna say. Fake Jack Nicholson and uh, Henry Thomas and uh, fake. Uh, why is my brain not working? Wendy. Yes. Yeah. We're we're pretty good. Those are pretty good stand-ins. I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah I had right. uh, I had conversations with people on Facebook about it because he uh, Flanagan decided, well, we're going to show some scenes from the original Shining. But I can't just cut those in and then have different actors playing those characters later. So essentially, we're just going to reshoot those scenes with the new actors in. <laughs> right. And they did and a really th- good job. And I think they, he did it super well. But then I had an argument with somebody on, or not an argument, but they, I pointed that out. And they're like, no, I saw a scene from the original. I think when, when the axe comes through the door, that's from the original. And I'm like, no, that's completely reshot. If you pay attention to it, that's the new actress. They were baffled by that. So, yeah, I think the only scene they actually reused was the blood coming from the elevator because they tried to do it digitally and it just didn't look right. So then they're like, yeah, fuck it. We'll just take the original. Yeah. Stick it in there. And they did. uh, So the the. uh, Abra, the Mm -hmm. the actress who plays her, did a fantastic job. Yep. She was really good. I can I can be a little hard on child actors, but she did. She did pretty good. Mm hmm. I liked it. I liked uh, I liked all the gypsies. Mm-hmm. Although they avoid at all costs calling them gypsies, <laughs> even though there are clearly racial stereotypes of gypsies. Well, not all of them. One one of them's a Native American. Still, <laughs> one of them's obviously a redneck white guy. See, Stephen King, for the most part, very progressive dude. But you got to give him. Uh, some negative marks every once in a while to be like, mm, dude, your your age is showing a little bit in this book. Not kosher, homie. But yeah, yeah, so it was good. I dug it. I don't I don't think I'm as in love with it as other people are, especially for the fact that it's like a two hour and 45 minute movie. It's got to be a fan fucking fantastic movie for me to sit through damn near three hours and be like, woo. 
No, you should watch a three hours cut. It's even better. Oh, God. Does it add more violence? Because the violence is real good. No more violence, but it does add more to a bunch of the, like it. It's not like oh, I added three more scenes in. It adds like a little bit to a bunch of different scenes that help the pacing of the movie a little bit, which is weird to say for something that makes it longer. But I feel like that sort of helps it pay out better. Yeah. Yeah. The gross bits were real gross. I dug that. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on from there. So I finally watched uh, A Quiet Place. <laughs> Which I've yeah. been neglecting to watch, which is weird because I'm a big John Krasinski fan. Still never seen it. It was good. Really? It was yeah, real it's, good. It's quite good. All right. That's what people keep saying. Like when I first saw the first trailer, I was just like, eh, not interested. So and then, and then people keep being like, oh, my God, you need to watch it. It's amazing. And I'm like, eh. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go that far. I'm not gonna blow this movie and be like it's the most amazing fucking no. But it's really good. <laughs> like, really good's the proper place to put it at. I would say my problem is, I think one of the reasons why I put it off the trailers make it look like uh, another I don't clever horror movie if that makes sense. Like all these ones that are like. The birdcage or whatever. She's going to be blindfolded and go down a river. It's like, shut the fuck up. I don't don't need all this extra shit. Number one, the birdcage stars Robin Williams. Whatever. Bird Box stars Sandra Bullock. Number two is based on a book. Listen, I'm not going to fucking learn the name of a Sandra Bullock movie. (laughs) Ever. Really? I like yeah. Sandra Bullock. Like Miss Comeniality or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know the word. Don't act like it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't know. I thought it was good. The monsters like don't, I don't know. They don't fucking make sense. I don't understand why something wouldn't be able to see. It seems like a really weird adaptation. Uh, if they lived underground, eventually the evolution would take over. They don't need to see things. I suppose, but even even things that live in total darkness usually have, like, photoreceptors and can detect small things like movement and stuff. Mm. In this, it's just purely sound. But lots of stuff makes sound. And everything makes sound all the time. But besides mm. that, that's my only complaint about the movie, is that that's weird. Besides that, it's pretty good. I like the way it plays out. And then I watch part two. Which everybody has insisted is even better than the first one, which I say is not. It's not true. Is it first, good, though? Yeah, it's good. Because I've been wanting to watch the second one for a while. Yeah, first one's better. Right. From my own point of view, the without spoiling it for Brian, the, the ending I don't care. of the first movie... I, I thought was just about like it's it's I don't know there there's something about that the last scene of the family kind of down there like ready to fuck shit up and then the second movie kind of just erases that and then goes now we're gonna go in a different direction <laughs> which is fine but I don't know it, it focuses a little heavier on the uh, the daughter and all that but it's good I mean like I said you can tell it, part of the problem is that it's got a higher budget which means they can use the monsters more, which means they do use the monsters more. And I thought I thought one of the strengths of the first movie is the fact that they don't have to constantly use the monsters. It's just the 
the imminent threat of anyone ever accidentally doing something, which is, I, I don't know, that's a great, <laughs> that's that's a terrifying premise for me. I couldn't do that shit. I'd knock something over. Yeah, but obviously in the sequel, the monsters are going to be there more. That's the typical, you know. Right, right. I'm not, I'm not blaming them. I'm not putting them at fault. I'm just saying lower budgets make better movies a lot of the time. Yeah, but, you know, you expect that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but it's totally worth it's totally worth watching them. It's even totally worth doing them as a double feature. Because so the second movie doesn't start directly after the end of the first movie, but it takes place directly after the end of the first movie. Does that does that make sense? <laughs> sure. There's like a prologue. It comes in, there's a prologue thing, and then it picks up right where part one ends. And then just plays through. Which is good. So yeah. So those three movies were all good. And they made up for the fact that <laughs> I had to watch those two 90s movies. Left a bad 90s taste in my mouth. <laughs> Hates it. That's it. <laughs> what about you, Doug? <laughs> uh, I didn't really watch anything this week. Um... The only thing I watched was the movie Fubar. Do you guys know that movie? No of it. I have not watched it. Yeah, I've, I've, I'd never seen it before, and somebody came over and insisted that I needed to, so whatever. Um, for people who don't know, it's like a fake documentary that's following around these, like, it's from, like, 2002 or something, but it's following around these metalheads, and then the one guy gets cancer, and we get to watch these idiots go through it. Um it's kind of just a, a trailer park boys ripoff, basically. It was very, very funny, uh, but there's nothing else to it. So, um, it's really popular with people here in Canada because it's a Canadian film and came out during that time when we were all being super proud Canadians. So, <laughs> um, but yes, it's really funny if you haven't seen it. And if you're interested in that kind of a thing, check it out. There's nothing to it. There's, I guess, minor spoiler. Like one of the only thing that caught me off guard, which is like, there's a scene where they're all like, they're they're on this camping trip and they're all going to go swimming. And there's like, so this is the two guys, and then the cameraman, and then the producer director guy of the documentary that's following him around. And all of a sudden, that guy goes, he's like, I'll get in on this swimming. And they're like, Yeah, all right. And he's like, takes his shirt off because he's not dressed for it or anything and he dives off the cliff and then like oh shit what happened and the next thing you know they're at the guy's funeral they just kill off a character in the middle of the movie for no fucking reason <laughs> i think it's just so that they can have these idiots showing up to a funeral scene because that's pretty funny in and of itself it's uh yeah I, there's not much to say about it and uh it is literally the only other thing i watched besides the movies that we are talking about i've been way too busy lately you say that, but like I've said before, I've seen your Instagram. There's lots of hiking and parks, which tells me you're not too busy. Well, yeah, I, it's not like my options are take five-year-old hiking or sit quietly and watch a movie at home. It's <laughs> um, you said you send the five-year-old hiking and you stay home and watch a movie. You just drop yourself. the five-year-old off near a forest and hope for the best. Yeah. Yep. That's the way it was back in my day. I don't know that there was ever really a day where you just drop five-year-olds off in the forest. I remember being seven for my seventh birthday. And my mom dropped me and my friends off at the theater to watch the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. 
and went back home. Fucking 80s. And then came back when it was over and picked us up. That doesn't seem right. Yeah. To be fair, I was like camping on my own. Like when I was still in elementary school, my dad would drive us out to this lake and put us in a canoe and like give it a kick and be like, see you in a couple days. So. <laughs> it's like the only thing was like, so we'd go up Friday, we'd come home Sunday because we usually. And like the only thing my dad would be like on Saturday night, we had to come get him and bring him to the campsite to show him where we were camping and cook him dinner. But Al's. That was that was his version of parenting. Other than that, we were just on our own for like, and we were I don't like twelve ish. I was gonna say while I was in junior high, me and my friends during the summer used to walk from Muikwa and Assumption to the other, just like eleven miles down a busy highway. (laughs) Jesus, there's all kinds. But then the other half of it was when I got older, we moved out to the country, and. We lived on this like super long dirt road, but if you follow the dirt road up to the ta- to the road that took you into town, it was paved. And then on the other side of the of the paved road was another dirt road, and I had some friends that lived down there. And I think I was like nine, maybe. And I was, they told me to, oh, oh, you should come over to our house. We're gonna do whatever. And it wasn't really that far away, and I was like, okay. So I told my mom, like, yeah, I'm gonna ride my bike over to so and so's, but. She wouldn't let me do it because I had to cross this pavement. I had to cross the busy, quote unquote, busy road, which means like one car every 20 minutes, maybe. And so that was a no go. But then like later, when my brother was around the same age, he's like, oh, yeah, she let me ride my bike into town all the time. And that was a good like 10 miles away. I'm just like, what the fuck? She wouldn't even let me cross the road. And now he's riding his bike into town. Yeah, man. Petty grievances. Um, well, besides Shang-Chi, I didn't watch Jack shit this week. Shang-Chi! So, I got nothing else to talk about. No, it's, it's a slow week. They changed They changed the fuck out of the Mandarin. <laughs> well, technically, yeah, well, we won't get into it. Doug's not here. Or Doug hasn't seen it. You guys want me to go so you guys can talk no, about it? No. Nope. I, so will t- about- I will tell you this. That there is a funny thing in the movie, Doug, and it's funny as fuck and just keeps delivering the whole fucking movie. Okay. I don't even know what he's talking about, but all right. So it's not that funny, this, in other words? The special, the special cameo. Uh, I guess? What the fuck, but I, Brian? But I don't know why you're saying it keeps getting funnier and funnier. Because it keeps getting funnier and funnier. Uh, maybe. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, Doug, what are we going to watch next week? Next week we're going old school for some... Uh... <laughs> we're watching old school. Yeah, you my boy, it. Blue! <laughs> <laughs> it's Vince Vaughn week next week, but did I tell you guys that? Um, no, it's anyways. <laughs> he's, no, he's, in, he's in movies that I like, I just hate him. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's fun. You guys want to know what we're doing next week yet? Or? Yeah, what are we doing? Yes. Spit it out, <laughs> Doug. Attack of the 50 Foot Woman and the Incredible Shrinking Man. Oh. Okay. Did, did you put these on the list, Doug? No, you put these on the list, I believe. I sure did. Usually, Doug likes to claim all these so, interesting no. matchups. 
What if, what if I was like, I put them on the list? <laughs> I'd be like, that's not true either. I believe, Brian, you put these on the list and you've made both of them available for us to watch through movies anywhere. So <laughs> appreciate all your effort. Yeah. I don't know. I was just looking at it. I was looking at, I think, 50 Foot Woman one day and I was like, be a good movie to team up with that. And I'm like, what if we went the other direction? It's about a guy who shrinks down. Yeah, perfect Large lady, tiny man. That's yeah. it's our very clever. It's, we're never going to be able to come up with a name for next week. Sometimes we have like our clever, like oh, the theme is this. It's be themes like old movies where people, week. <laughs> yeah, people are like one size, but then they get turned into a different size. That's the theme for next week. Honey, <laughs> I fucked up the height. <laughs> now I wish we actually named our episodes so it could be that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that should be fun. I'm glad we're hitting that. I've never seen either one. Uh, I've never seen either one, but I have read the book, The Incredible Shrinking Man. Okay. I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen the original Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman, but I've seen all of the seventy-five movies that are basically Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman. <laughs> Wasn't there one with uh, Julie Brown, comedian Julie Brown? Not. Yeah, downtown Julie Brown. There's that one. There's Attack of the Fifty Foot Cheerleader. Attack of the Oh God damn it! I can't remember. They've all got similar names. It's it's a heavily remade film. Uh, well, should I, we I talk? About... People like large ladies. Oh yeah, a friend of mine. He uh, he's he went to art school. He's a really good illustrator. Weirdly, he doesn't do that for his job at all. But uh, when he was freelancing and was down on his luck and needed some money, he agreed to draw some uh, some porn. And apparently he signed up for this one site that, like, people can request stuff. Like no, commissions, e- essentially. Deviant art? No. I'm saying it was, like, porn-centric. Like, I mean, this that's is... what deviant art is. Yeah. Um... But apparently he got asked to draw a lot of gigantic porn, a lot of very large women and small dudes. So and from like lots of different people, not just like one dude over and over again. Yeah, I used to read a blog by a guy who is a deviant art artist and he would just talk about the stuff people request. And he says the other day somebody asked me to draw uh, Tia Carrera licking a man who had turned into a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucking weird um i was like yeah. that is a very specific fetish i uh i'm like come on dude i want to see what you're drawing to me off of he will not show it to me he says he destroyed everything after after he drew it didn't save any digital copies or nothing he absolutely hated doing it but he needed money so worst way to make money uh, should we talk about what if? Did you watch it, Doug? Doug Lee. Shows in the chat. Doug. Doug, you do. Sorry, I sat on my mute button. Apparently. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did you watch what if? I Sweet. did. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about what if. So spoilery. So if anybody hasn't seen the latest episode, which if I'm remembering correctly, is the Doctor Strange episode. Yes. Correct. Yes. Uh, tune out if you don't want to be spoiled. Uh, so what do we think? What do we think of uh, the Doctor Strange episode? Yeah, it was really good. 
Yeah, I actually want to watch it again so I can fully understand it. I was hoping I'd get to before we discussed it, but... No. Uh, so we see an alternate timeline where... Um, what's her face? Rachel McAdams. She dies instead of him fucking up his hands. Which I don't remember. How did he mess up his hands in the... Uh, car wreck. In the movie. Well, I know it was a car wreck, but was there something specific? No. No, I mean it's basically his hands the were in the car thing. when it wrecked. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, well, it's basically his hands went through like the windshield, kind of. Okay. Because they were just making it seem like, oh, what if he didn't hurt his hands? And I didn't know if there was some weird twist that would make it so uh, he wouldn't hurt his hands and she died instead. But it just seemed to be. Brian, did you just drop out, or did I? I just believe. Drop I think Brian dropped out. I dropped out for a second. I should be back now. Yep. All right. So I didn't know if there was some weird thing that I didn't notice that would have killed her and not had him screw up his hands. Either way, she dies. This sends him into a spiral. And uh, he becomes Doctor Strange and then tries to use the Time Stone over and over again to save her and fails every time. Yep. Uh, So any favorite parts for anybody? Well, I was going to say, and then you're leaving out because he can't change time. He goes mm. back to the uh, library of Caganostro mm. to to get all the ancient no-no magics, which apparently means devouring other beings' essences. Yeah, that was kind of fucked up. It was real fucked up. Although I like the part where he steals the cockroach sorcerer's cape. <laughs> Oh, that's a pretty fantastic cape. Thank you. <laughs> Take that. Not going to eat you, though. Go away. <laughs> uh, and then, what? It's revealed that uh, he was actually split in two at a certain point. Yeah. And then uh, they have a face off, like Superman 3 style. Yeah. Which, th- that's where it got really interesting to me because they put this out. A week after the new Spider-Man trailer where he's yelling at Peter saying, you're trying to live two lives. And now I want to know if Peter's going to get split in two and he's going to have to fight himself in the new movie. Well, you know, there has been a fan theory going on that the Doctor Strange that we're seeing in the trailers isn't Doctor Strange. It's this evil version of Doctor Strange from what if who's somehow broken out and stolen the life of this Doctor Strange. Well, and that's see, that's interesting. Yeah. That would explain why his hair looks weird. I still think his hair looks weird. Everyone's so upset about his hair in that trailer. I, just, I guess <laughs> I just don't weird. understand hair the way other people do. I, I don't know what it. It's like he's wearing a real bad wig. I don't. I don't know why they would have done that. Disney's not usually a bad wig kind of company. <laughs> This is a Disney movie? Nah, Disney's not a bad bad wig type of place. But I was going to say, I liked it. I I think the thing I liked most about this episode is that the bad guy kind of wins. Wins and loses, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. Because you do kind of, you know, you're like, okay, well, now they're going to bring in good Doctor Strange and he's going to consolidate with himself and, and realize the error of his ways. And it's like, nope. Nope, he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good. I don't know what else to say about it. 
Oh, it was kind of a self-contained story, which was nice. Uh, we'll see if they, you know, ever try to expand all this stuff out or not. But yeah, I mean, Kevin, Kevin Feige's pretty much said stuff in the "what if" is going to somehow affect the greater Marvel universe, but we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, so I saw a video that apparently the one dropping tomorrow is the Marvel Zombies episode. Ooh. Oh, really? I've been looking forward to that one for a while. Yeah. So I'm super excited. I wonder which uh, which version it's going to be. Uh, in the preview, it seems like they are um, setting it up where uh, at the beginning of Infinity War when the Hulk gets sent back to Earth seems like that's gonna there's gonna be a weird moment where Heimdall sends him to the wrong dimension or something okay. something gets screwed up with it and he ends up in the Marvel Zombies thing going on um, Hulk zombie so we'll see could be good I've been excited for that part ever since the first trailer came out so should be a lot of fun. Trying to remember what's our what's what movies are coming out next week. Uh, don't know. I feel, like, I feel like there's something coming out that I should care about. I mean, there probably is. Good question. I feel like there is too, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's coming out this week. Been so I was so excited for Candyman a couple weeks ago. Now that's. Candy Man was so good. Uh, let's see. Doug probably hasn't seen that Candy Man yet either. No. Doug, go see that Candy Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, September 10th. Looks like the only thing showing up on the AMC app is the uh, the movie Malignant, which is the new James Wan movie. Oh, yeah, it looks all right. And then uh, <laughs> I don't know what this is, but opening September 14th is Forever Golden, a celebration of the Golden Girls. <laughs> we'll be playing on the movie screen. <laughs> That's a big screen thing. You know you what? Want, you don't want to watch that one at home. I, I kind of want to see that. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it. I'm just saying it's a weird thing. Love, it's like one of those fathom events, probably. I do weirdly love the Golden Girls. Oh yeah! If I'm up late enough and it's on, I'll just turn it on. If I just want to sit and look at my phone for a while, I think uh, it's just. I think my grandma used to watch it all the time. Oh sure, well, mine I too. Was over at her house, and I think that's maybe why I like it so. But I've I've like actively watched it and been like, oh shit, this is still this is actually pretty funny, even though it's yeah. forty years old at this point. And the weird fucking spinoff, Golden Palace. Is it? Yeah, that's the one where they own the restaurant, right? Uh, hotel. But yeah, hotel. Wait, the Golden Girls owned a hotel. Two of them. That's after uh, B. Arthur leaves. I, I think it was yeah. Betty White in the other one. And technically, there was another spinoff because they're the neighbor that's the uh, pediatrician or whatever. Yeah. He, so there was there was a spinoff Empty Nest. Which Empty was Nest. About their yeah, 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 yeah. And then there was a spinoff of that called Nurses. To dealt with the nurses working in the hospital that he works at. Um, and then Golden Girls ended because B. Arthur didn't want to do it anymore. 
and they decided, well, let's keep it going. And they retooled it so that the three of them that were left bought a hotel, but NBC didn't want it, so it moved to CBS. And then got canceled after one season. So if you want to know more about your Golden Girls universe. Yeah, the dynamics were all wrong without the straight man in B. Arthur. See, Doug, now you can go to this uh, celebration of the Golden Girls and know what's going on. So I'm saying, Uh, see, now now you know that there was the Golden Girls universe way before the MCU. (laughs) I don't feel like it's going to be my big break into going back out to theaters. It's like, I finally have some time I can get out. Golden Girls it is. Normally, I would fully support you going to see the Golden Girls documentary, but if you went and saw that instead of Candyman, might have to smack you in the mouth. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.